Good morning. I'm really, really glad and so happy to see you all. I wish, I mean, I believe that's the same with you as well. Um, I'm really enjoying this 10 o'clock service. It's amazing, isn't it? All those who like it, put your hands up. Wow, okay. You have a chance. <laughs> if you like it and if you want this enjoyment to continue, coming January, we are launching a new site in the West. And the service is at... Got it, got it. For those who are thinking about or yet to make the decision, this is a taster. Okay, so enjoy it. I wish you all come. But please don't forget, we are one church, two sites, three meetings. But soon, God is telling us and he's proving us and he's doing amazing things. There's going to be one church, many sites, and many more meetings for the glory of God. And all those who believe said, Amen. Amen. Yes, our God is amazing and great. Well, okay. Um, looking at the time. <laughs> right, okay. We're just going to um, quickly go into the uh, series. We are launching a new series. Uh, we had a lovely time last week when Martin shared us what God has put to, into his heart. And this is probably a continuation of that. This is a summer series. This is called Summer Fruit. If you had been here a few weeks ago when Mohan Annan preached, I call him Annan. Annan in Tamil means elder brother. You could call him Annan or you could call him Anan in an English accent. That's absolutely fine. If you want to call him uncle, please get his permission. He doesn't like that, right? Okay, while he was preaching what God put in his heart about faithfulness, he said this one thing, cultivate the fruit, which is faithfulness. And based on that, that inspired us to come and have this series to look at cultivating the fruit of the Spirit. We're looking at a summer series, which is called Summer Fruit. It is actually cultivating the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We're looking at Galatians 5 um, and what Paul teaches us from there. Let me quickly give you a small background of how our God is and what he does. In the Old Testament, what God did was God gave his people, those who, whom he chose to be his very own, he gave them a set of law, rules. He said, you follow them. I am the God, your God. I'm holy, and you follow them. Because I, because I am holy, you need to be holy too. And this set of rules, abiding by it, set this group of people apart from every other group of people. They were different to every other group of people. This law was at a standard of great holiness and righteousness. In the New Testament, thank God for God the Son, Jesus Christ, who had come and fulfilled every requirement of the law in full. He said, it is good that I go. When I go, I will send you the Holy Spirit to come and live in you. God has sealed God the Holy Spirit in all of us. What a privilege. Yeah? Are you excited about it? I am really excited about God coming and making his dwelling in us through his Holy Spirit. Now, what is the work of the Holy Spirit? There's plenty of things you can go on and on and on about it, but for this moment, we just look at two things, okay? The two, two things very importantly. The, the Holy Spirit works through us, 
What does he do through us? He brings people into his kingdom, and also, through us, he edifies and builds those who belong to his family, his church. We were talking about family today. We'll look at that in a short while. Okay, for this, he gives us special super abilities which doesn't belong to us, yeah, which we call it as the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He gives according to his will. Uh, and the Bible says in Ephesians, it says it is for the common good of the church. Okay? The second thing is, just as how he works through us, he also works within us. Okay? What does he do there? He works in us to transform us into the likeness of Jesus to full measure, which is evident by the development of fruit of the Holy Spirit. We just had a contribution saying, God is making everything new. Well, he has given us new life. And since then, he is working in us, transforming us into whether you like it or not, that's what he's doing. Yeah? Amazing God. I just wanted to tell this to you today, and I felt very strongly, you are on the priority list of God. Okay? You are on the top priority, priority list on God. Every one of you. Just turn to the person sitting next to you and say, you are on the priority list of God. And that is why, and that is why he is working in you. With that, let us look at cultivating the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Let's read Galatians 5, 16 to 26. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under the obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Powerful, strong. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And in other versions it says, and the likes. There are many, not just this. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit... Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Wow. 
powerful scripture, isn't it? Paul writes it from his heart. He's just pouring out. This is what it is. Okay, not taking much time. What is this cultivation of fruit? The common misconception, what the human, or I mean we have, or the question that we ask is, we don't know how to cultivate. Well, that's the series about, isn't it? Cultivate. What is this? No, actually, the human brain or the humans are made in such a way they are or we are or I am cultivating all the time something. Okay? But the question is, what are we cultivating? Right? Paul says in this scripture that we read, we can know the outcome through the outcome either way. Okay? It's not for me to come and tell you what you are cultivating. It's not for you to come and tell me. It's for you to know through the Holy Spirit, through the scriptures matching up. You will know through what comes out. Right? So we are cultivating. But here, Paul urges us and, and, and encourages us, come on, come on, cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. God is earnestly working in us. Now, okay, what is this process of cultivation? Cultivation involves planning, or should I say, it's a processing of a simple thought. There's a thought either from the sinful nature or a thought from the Spirit of God. You process it, uh, process that simple thought in your mind, planning. Next is the action taken to fulfill the process thought. Actually, you, you, a, a dedicated, determined effort, you give it time and you give it focus and you want to fulfill that simple thought. This is cultivation. Thirdly, you find the right resources to help achieve. What our brain does is it looks for resources externally or internally to enhance the action that you have conceived in your mind. The question is, where is that thought coming from? It all begins there. If you, if you process what is coming from the sinful nature, you want to achieve it. Then you put in, you make up your mind to do that, and you give in all your effort, you put in your focus, you're determined to do that, and then you start finding resources either externally, it could be anything outside, or from a memory deep down stored in yourself. When it's a spirit, it's the same. A thought from the spirit, a good thought, you process it, you hold on, you process it, you hold on to it, and then you want, you, you, you dedicate yourself to not wave away from it, but to give in every effort and focus to achieve it. And you find the right resources externally. It may be the Word of God. It may be praying with friends together. It may be at the family, the church. It may be internally where the Word of God is stored in your memory, in your heart. Okay, this is what is cultivation in, and it is happening in all of us. When Paul writes to the church in Philippi, he writes like this. Work hard, Philippians 2, 12 to 15. Beautiful, very powerful words. Work hard. Yeah, we wondering what? Work hard? Yes. Paul writes, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you. 
giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Live clean, innocent life as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold on to the word of light. Holding, in another version it says, holding firmly onto the word of light. This is so powerful. This really helped me when I was reading. God is working in me. Yeah, The one thing so special about our God is that he gives us the desire to be good. He gives us the desire to do right things. Not just the desire. He gives us the power to do it as well. The power that helps in our weakness. The power that strengthens us. Though I'm weak, he gives us power to do what, he, what pleases him. In the world, you have plenty of books, plenty of religions, plenty of faith, plenty of good things, plenty of teachers who teach good things, which is good. They, they, they teach nice good. This is how you should be. This is what you need to do. But nowhere in the world you have uh, 24-7 all the time in you support, support line, very active all the time, keen in helping you or giving you the power to do it. It is our God. Hallelujah. He is in you. He is working in you. He's giving you the desire, not just that. He's giving you the power to do what pleases him. Our sinful nature is looking for opportunities to dominate. Okay? This is our sinful nature. It will, I tell you, it will use every and any opportunity it gets. It is not going to ask for your permission. It will sneak in. Okay? That is the sinful nature. It's looking for opportunities. On the other hand, the Holy Spirit is looking for permission to transform us into His very nature via partnership. Okay? He doesn't barge in, he doesn't force it in, he doesn't sneak in, but he's waiting for your permission. Give me permission. Just give me permission. I've seen, um, uh, uh, well, maybe this is not the appropriate <laughs> example. Have you seen World Wrestling, you know, Wrestling Federation, where the tag team is waiting? The other hand, you know, outside the ring, so, give me, give me, tag, give me, tag, I'm coming in, I'm coming in. The other person is beaten up down there, just thrown up everywhere. Just come on, come on. It's simple, that kind of a thing. God is waiting. He's waiting for our permission. So let's cultivate the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the sinful nature. Let's obey, follow, and allow God with deep reverence and fear. It is very important. It's very important. We have great freedom in Jesus Christ, but let us not um, uh, subside or suppress the reverence and the fear we have for God. Another beautiful thing is that when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of us are given gifts of the Holy Spirit, but not all. We may have many, you may have some, you may have one. But when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, all the fruit of the Holy Spirit is available to each and every one. Amazing, isn't it? Because He works and it changes into His likeness, all the fruit is available to all of us all the time. Today we're going to look at cultivate patience, and my time is up. Um, <laughs> some fruit, cultivate patience. Okay, let's quickly go through. God is in the case, and I'm believing it, and, and, and God is speaking to us. He's just, 
an amazing God. Wonderfully, he intervened during um, the worship as well. Yes, it's, most of it is exactly what I'm going to be saying now. We all need patience. And some of us definitely need lots of patience. And all the wives in the building said, Amen. True, isn't it? True, isn't it? For some of them, they already have this nature that is patience in them. And all the husbands in the building said, Amen. Right, no, it's not like that. Yes, we, we deal with people, we have relationship with people in God, but let us look at from a godly point of view what he means by this patience. We all need patience, definitely. Patience is the very nature of our God. The Bible says so many times in the Old Testament and the New Testament, you read, he's a God who is gracious, who is merciful, and he's slow to anger. He's slow to anger. Our God, the very nature of our God, from what I'm just, I'm just <clears throat> carrying on from the back of what came up in the worship, this was reminded to me while I was preparing as well. I thought I will skip over this, but no. I feel God is saying today, he's reminding us the scripture in Revelation where Jesus is standing at the door and he's knocking patiently. He's knocking. He's knocking at your door. If anybody is, is, is here who's thinking, who's feeling it, yes, he's knocking patiently at your door. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Me and my father, we will come in and dwell with you. We'll eat with you, dine with you. That's what he says. Our God's nature is patience. He's patiently waiting for all of us. Patience is needed in order for God's will to be accomplished. Yeah? The Israelites had to wait a long time for the Messiah to come. No, God is, has got everything under control. Yeah? We wait for the gospel to be preached to the ends of the earth. For God's will to be accomplished, patience is needed. Patience is the ability to withstand suffering in love. Because in, in, while God's kingdom is being established, God did say we can um, encounter suffering, persecution, pain, and hardship. It's not always pleasant, pleasure-giving Amazing holiday type life. No. Patience is the ability to wait in faith for answers to prayers. I know there's plenty of you who have been praying for a long, long time. But patience, given by the Holy Spirit, is the ability for you to, in faith, wait for the answers to prayers. Patience is the ability to sustain relationship. Sometimes you want to just say, come on, let's give up. No. No, the patience through the Holy Spirit fills us to sustain, to withstand, to bear one another, forgive and sustain the relationship. Let's look at patience in suffering. Matthew 5, 10 to 12 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when... Others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for, they, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. As I said, God is not promising us a 
pleasant journey. We might encounter this. But you know what God said to us? God says to us, rejoice and be glad. Rejoice and be glad. It's not that I can't. I can come with revenge. I, I can come down with power. But I am patient. And so you, my children, be patient too. And I will give you that ability. First of all, God commends you. He says, blessed are you. Blessed are you. If there's anyone who's facing hardship and suffering and, 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 and persecution for the sake of Christ here, God is commending you. Saying, you are not gone unnoticed. Most of the time, thank God in our country at this currently, um, we are not facing physical persecution at the moment. But most of the time, when you look at hardship, it's emotional hardship, especially when, when there's a family and there's one or two who don't believe the same what you believe, who don't understand the same what you understand. You have to sometime on this basis, on this account, on this cause, have to face rude words. You have to face hurt. You have to face so many, what to say, accusation, false accusation as well. But God is saying, I commend you. It's for my sake you're doing it. You have not gone unnoticed. God assures that nothing can separate us from his love, even hardship. Hardship and persecution. Hallelujah. Even if you're going through that, he assures you one thing for sure. I know, I know you're going through a tough time. I know everything, but I assure you, it cannot separate you from me. You are mine. Thirdly, God and God's people is the source of your encouragement. Okay, that is what we've been looking at. We've been singing about family. You're in the right place. Come, come. God and God's people are a rich source of encouragement, especially when you're going through such struggles. Come home. Come home. Look at God and be blessed. Let's look at patience in the long wait for answers to prayer. James 5, 7 to 8 says, Be patient. Therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Most of us have this question. Yeah, I was thinking about it. Most of us have this question when we pray and we are expecting answers. How long, Lord? How long? To be honest, I don't know the answer. How long, Lord? But I think, I think, the patience that the Holy Spirit gives us makes us not to ask that question. Yeah? And James writes there, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the uh, precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Luke 13, 7-8 says, Beautiful words. I just, I just love it so much. Finally, there is God the Father. Said to his gardener, I waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. If you see, the cut is with a capital, you know, in the uppercase. It's very strong. He's serious about it. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered. Thank God for this gardener. The gardener answered, Sir, 
Give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. Please. Please. Don't cut it down. Be patient. Please. I have patience for them. I have patience for you. Jesus says, I have patience. He has patience for me. He says, one more year. Please, don't cut it down. What a loving, loving friend we have. What a loving friend who intercedes on our cause, who intercedes with us, intercedes for us. First of all, in such patience while you're waiting for answers to prayer, know that he is in control. Keep reminding yourself, speaking to your, I mean, keep speaking to yourself, God is in control. His timing is perfect and his might is perfect. He's perfect in every way in all the things. So he is perfect. He knows and he is in control. Allow God to work. Allow God to work. Sometimes we being impatient, uh, you know, we, we jumping up the queue or the line and trying to do something, we mess the situation up. Sometimes it is, it is so hard to recover. And also, we delay the process. Allow God to work in patience. Jesus is interceding along with you and me for your cause, for my cause. Be encouraged today. Let's be patient and keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying in faith. Patience in relationship. Very much needed. Very much needed. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, I was just looking at the passage. It's, it starts like this. Love is patient and kind. We talk about love. Love is needed in every relationship, especially, you know, uh, 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 what to say, um, in difficult situations, love, you know, you, you have to have love, and that is our nature. That, that is God's nature in us as well. It says love is patient. If you're loving, you'll be patient. You will be kind. First Peter 5, 6, and 7 says, So humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and in his good time he will honor you. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about what happens to you. This happens, this worry, this anxiety, this pressure, this tension, this, this irritation, frustration comes, especially in a family. It may be between a husband and a wife. More so with parent and children. The children are very upset and, and uh, you, know, you know, very frustrated about the parents. The parents are so frustrated. Come on, how long? How many times? How many times? God. Here God says, He will fill us with patience. And He will help us love like how He does. And also he says, if you're too much worried and you know, anxious about things, hand it over to God. For he cares for you. What matters you matters to God as well. Know that. Don't think God is not looking at it. What matters to you matters to God. Let your patience in this relationship bring in realization. Rather, if you're task-oriented and you want to accomplish something and you're getting frustrated about it, the other person will do what you're saying just to not to see you getting frustrated, but not with the true realization. Do you understand? 
But if in patience you wait and show love, God's love, you will bring in realization in the other person which will make things which will make them understand God's love and change. God makes us numb to provoking and negative thoughts. We all have negative thoughts. We all get, especially when there's a hiccup, when there's, there's a friction growing, the first thing that floods into our mind is negative thoughts and provoking. You want to react. <clears throat> yeah? God says, through the work of the Holy Spirit, he's going to make us numb to provoking and negative thoughts. Right. How can I cultivate patience now? I have simple suggestions here. Pray and ask God's for, uh, God for his help. God is there to help all the time in every situation of our life. Accept and digest the fact that you cannot do it without God's help. Most of the time, we think we can handle it, but we can't. We cannot do it without God's help. Shun the negative thoughts. Very, very important. There was one preacher who said this. You cannot prevent a bird flying above your head. No. But you can prevent it from building a nest on your head. <laughs> True, isn't it? Everyone is prone to this attack of negative thoughts. Always up there in our mind. But... You can prevent it from maturing in our mind, adding to it, giving it, like how we talked about, uh, you know, processing the thought. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I know. And old histories come up. Yeah, that's right. Mm. She's always been like that. He's always been like that. No. Shun the negative thoughts. Let go of anything that you're holding which is acting against you being patient. Are you holding on to some views and some impression that you don't want to give up? No. God is saying, let go. Look the situations always from God's point of view, not from your point of view. We don't know what actually happens. We might just understand few things from what we see and what we hear, what we feel. But God knows the truth, what actually happened. So look at from God's point of view. Ask God to help us to look at that way. Look up to Jesus, how patiently he endured everything for good. If Jesus hadn't been patient through the suffering that he went, went through, you and I will not be enjoying an inheritance in heaven and the salvation. No. It's only because he was patient. Look up to Jesus all the time. Learn from him. Ask him to help. And observe his life and adapt it into your life. Right, I just want to skip to the other side. Go first with, without patience, how would your, our life look like? If you could put, without patience first? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I had it the other way around. Uh, just that. Uh, this may be the case, or this may be in my life, your life, in our lives, if we don't have patience. We may be angry. You can see ang anger. We may, we may have rage or revenge feeling. We may have bitterness. We constantly worry about things. Oh, come on. We sometimes become biased. We pick a side or incline to think only in one particular way. We end up most of the time in wrong judgment. 
We just jump into conclusions. Oh, yes, I know, I know, yeah, that's right, I know, yeah. No. We give up easily. We lose hope. We always need someone to come, oh, I lose, no, I can't, I can't. Discontentment, complaints about everything, dissatisfaction, relationship hiccups. We feel irritated, frustrated. These are some symptoms if we don't have patience. What happens or how does it look when we have patience? If you put that slide, please. Thank you. Firmly we stand. If you see someone with patience, they firmly stand on the promises of God. Yes. They know that God is in control. They always allow God to work through the situation. They have increased faith. Yes. I know God will do it. They accept the will of God and submit to it. They are very positive in all their thinking. These are some of the things that show up when we have patience. Finally, I'm finished there. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing there. I just wanted to say, just reminded from the worship and again here, God is telling us, look up to me. God and God's people are a source of encouragement. If you are going through bitterness, struggle, being impatient, frustrated, God is wanting to fill or develop the fruit of patience in you today. But he wants you to be in partnership, cultivating with him. I encourage you to cultivate patience in your life. Cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. And from here, it will be carried on with other fruits, which is coming in the, through the August and half of September. Candy will be teaching us how to cultivate love. Felix will be teaching us how to cultivate joy. Ensign, uncle, he'll be teaching us how to cultivate self-control. And Moan again will be teaching us how to cultivate faithfulness. Let us cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. Let us cultivate patience.